0: Welcome to the Bowen Christian Family Centre podcast channel. You're about to hear a message recorded at one of our Sunday gatherings. We pray you are blessed and enjoy this inspiring message. I want to talk this morning about how Jesus is building His church and that the gates of hell will not prevail. My title this morning is I will never surrender. So turn to your neighbor and say I will never surrender. I will never surrender. I will never surrender. You know this like I keep saying this don't I? Every time I get up I always say this is one of my favorite Bible verses. I have so many favorite Bible verses. But this is one of my favorite Bible verses. And of course, you're all very familiar with it. Now, uh, I just want to build up a little bit here. Are we a Pentecostal church? 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 Can we make a bit of noise? Can we clap? Clap, clap. Can we shout? Can we say an amen? So when we hear Jesus declare that I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail, what do we do? Amen. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. Hallelujah. Give him a clap. Give him a shout. Our Jesus, he is building his church. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that? Do we take him at his word? I am sure that you're like me. And that you have heard some people, hopefully not too many people, say things like, oh, the church, it's dying. It's losing its influence it's lost its power, it's no, wrong, non, bleep, bleep. it's no longer relevant, it's not growing, it's losing ground, I want to say to you this morning, don't believe it. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. It is not true. Who knows that you cannot believe everything that you read or hear about in the media? That Jesus has declared, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. His church is thriving, His church is growing his church is growing stronger. There are more Christians today than ever before. His church is growing. He is building his church. I want to say to you this morning, don't believe the lies. Don't believe the negativity. You know, this may be true, for some churches, unfortunately, who struggle with change, who like to keep everything the way it was many years ago. This may be true for some churches that hold strong to man's tradition and rely heavily on relig- religious acts. This may be true for, for the churches to say, well, this is the way that we've always done it. And, and, and in fact, this is the way we like it. Well, I can understand perhaps why that church may not be growing. But let me tell you, that's not true of the churches that are willing to seek after God, that are spirit-filled, that are looking to the needs of the younger generations but are also being sensitive to the need of the older generations. It's not true for the churches that are led by the Spirit of God that understand how important it is that every believer has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as their saviour. Those churches, our churches, we are building, we are growing, we are part of God's plan. We are building Jesus, we are helping Jesus to build his church. Amen. Amen. I'm determined to declare and take Je- I'm sorry, I am determined to take Jesus at his word even when I hear negative people say things like, the church is dying. I'm not going to believe the person who sits outside the church because of an offence and struggles with the principle of coming under authority or recovering. I'm not going to believe it when I hear the media say that Hillsong is all about taking people's money and that Phil Pringle is about building his own personal wealth at the experience of his congregation. I choose not to believe it because I believe Jesus. I believe him at his word that he is going to build his church and that the gates of hell will not prevail. I'm not going to believe it when people say it doesn't matter if our church is not growing. We just need to preach the truth. But as for that church down the road that's growing, it's because their ears are being tickled. It's because they preach cheap grace. They're just telling people what they want to hear. That's not the church of Jesus Christ and besides they're all going to hell. I've heard that being said. Can you believe that a a church, a Christian church, would be saying that about another Christian church because their church is not growing and another church is growing? They're they're saying, oh, well, it's just because their ears are being tickled. It's just because they're preaching cheap, cheap grace. Let me tell you, there's nothing, nothing that's cheap about grace. Nothing. It's cheap about grace, if you've ever watched the passion of the Christ, if you know the agony that Jesus went through for you and me, if you know the cost that he went through, the life that he lived, the sacrificial life that he lived, so that you and I today can stand before him knowing that we're right with God, it's all because of him. It is not cheap grace, it's expensive grace, it cost his life. And not only that, it has cost other people people's lives when they've stood up for Jesus and they've said, I am not going to bow down. You may chop my head off. It does not matter. I believe in Jesus Christ and that is happening in the world. I'm not believing it. When I hear people say the church is less relevant and it's losing its influence and its power, I'm taking Jesus at His word when he says, "I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail." Jesus has building his church for over 2,000 years, against overwhelming odds. Can you imagine what it was like during the Second World War? Can you imagine? what it was like for the Jews. Can you imagine what it was like for the people that were witnessing the atrocities of war? Yet Jesus continued to build his church. It's still being built today. The gates of hell will not prevail. In the three and Can I tell you some good news this morning, church? You're listening. You're ready to hear this. Can we get a few amens and a few shouts as I say this? Would that be okay, Dylan? Yeah. In the three and a half years, and this is, let me tell you, I want to I start by saying this. This is not about Helen and me. We're failed and flawed people. We're just like you. We're sinners. We fall short of the mark. We make mistakes. I sometimes get a bit angry at Helen. We argue sometimes. I'm mostly right. She's mostly wrong. We're not perfect. I'm not standing here saying that I've got it all together and you don't have it all together. So it's not about us, see, because it's not us building the church. It's Jesus building the church. See, it's not about us. It's about Jesus building his church. It's not about us. It's about Jesus building his church. It's not about us. It's about Jesus building his church. In the three and a half years that we've been here, he's healed people of sickness. Come on. Come on. I've got to get a better one than that, don't I? In the three and a half years that we've been here, he's healed people of sickness. People have overcome fear. Fear. Anxiety has been dealt with. Depression has been dealt with. Poor self-esteem has been overcome. People have found their destiny. People have found their purpose. Amen. We have been able to increase our missions giving by, you ready for this? This is phenomenal, just in three and a half years. We as a church, this, this church in Bowen where... Bowen's not growing, is it? It's fairly static, correct? We're a small country town. And in fact, if you talk to a lot of people, they go, Bowen doesn't have a lot going for it. If you talk to a lot of other people, they say, Bowen's got everything going for it. But we're just this small country town we're nothing special, we're not world leaders, I'm not T.D. Jakes, wish I was, I'm not Brian Houston, not about me anyway, thanks for reminding me, it's not about us. But in the three, year, three and a half years that we've been here, we've been able to increase our missions giving. We've been able to impact people in Thailand. We've been able to impact people in Thailand. We've been able to impact people in the Philippines. We've been able to impact people at Teen Challenge. We've been able to impact people in Bowen. We've increased our missions giving by over 300%. We've increased I can't. Come on. We've increased our missions giving by over 300%. In the year 2015-16, our average attendance in the morning was 66, our average attendance at night was 45, and I'm not exactly sure of these figures because we weren't quite sort of I oh, we weren't there in that period of time, but we think it was around 15. So there was a total of about 126 people that would, would, we, we would call was the size of this church because that's how they work out how, what the size of your church is, your main gatherings. Youth on a Friday night, church on a Sunday morning, church on a Sunday night. So it was about 126. In the year 2017-2018, we averaged about 93 in the morning. We averaged about 57 at night. We averaged about 37 youth. That totaled 187. All right. I'm not going to tell you 2018, to 2019 because it's even better, but I am going to tell you what we're doing year-to date. and I, I expect a pretty big like I, I expect a pretty big shout and an amen. Year-to-date, financially year-to-date, morning attendance, you ready? Averaging, 114. PM attendance, 53. Total, 204. Wow, we are a church of 204 people. How good is our God? See, the gates Jesus is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. I will not hear it. I do not believe it. Not last Friday night. Now, now this, this if you don't give this a big amen and a big shout, then really you're not Pentecostal believers. You really, You really just don't get it. Like, this is just, you know, the Bible talks about how they celebrate when one person is saved. Just one person is saved. They, they have a party in heaven. Oh, I think we, we're going to have to have a massive party this morning. Because, not last Friday, but the Friday before, 14 young people gave their lives to Jesus. Come on! Come on! Let's start having a party. Let's start getting some of that rock and roll music going. You know, know, let's start dancing. Let's not be an idiot like John. Don't believe it when you hear people say that the church has lost its power, that God is not moving for any number of reasons. Jesus said that he will build his job. That's, his, that's what his job, sorry, Jesus said he will build his church. That's what his job is. Our job is to make disciples. You know, when I read the Bible, I like to try and put myself into the picture of what it was, looked like back in the day when Jesus was walking the earth. By doing this, it, me, it helps to, me to understand and clarify what has actually been said, how I, how I can then apply it to my life, and the clock is not on. So praise God again. amen dylan amen amen when jesus said i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it i asked myself the question what was the culture like in that day who was in power what were the living standards like for the people that lived in those days what were the legal systems that were in place did they have human rights how did women fit into society what was slavery how was slavery used viewed sorry when jesus what was it like for the jews when jesus declared i will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it we know that the jews were living under the governance and rule of the roman empire when jesus made this declaration what was it like for the roman citizens we know that they lived a privileged life that they experienced all the benefits of being a Roman citizen. When Jesus declared, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail, we know that the Roman Empire was conquering every nation that they came up against. We know that they had the most powerful army that helped to spread Roman authority and rule right throughout the ancient world. I just want to say a little um, footnote here. It's the wrong book, honey. I asked Helen to go and get um, a book. It's a, it's, it's a book that uh, Phil, Phil Pringle's writing and it's about leadership. And so what I'm preaching from today, a lot of this uh, context is, is, has come out of his book. So if you uh, think there might be a copyright issue, you're probably right. Um, but I want to acknowledge that a lot of what I'm preaching about it, it, it has come out of what I've read in his book. You know, it's, inter- it's interesting to note that even though the, the nations that were conquered by the Romans lost their independence, they gained, benefit, they gained the benefit of an upgraded life. You know, aqueducts were built so reliable water was brought in droughts. Harbours were built, beautiful gardens were formed, roads and major highways were built, Roman baths were built, bridges, amphitheaters, temples, porticos, and other great Roman structures were built in all the towns that came under Roman rule. The historian Edward Gibbons notes that the governing Roman presence was not always despised. In fact, it was sometimes welcomed. The vanquished nations uh, uh, resigned their hope of ever regaining their independence because of the benefit the Romans bought. In other words, they were not overly concerned about losing their independence because their living standards were greatly improve the point i want to make is this when jesus declared that he would build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail he wanted his disciples to understand that just like the powerful roman empire was able to advance and defeat everything and everyone that they came up against it's the same for jesus when he was building his church, he too is powerfully advancing and defeating everyone and everything that would come up against the building of his church. It's no different today. We need to have that same. Mindset. We need to remind ourselves that Jesus is building his church and the power of hell has no chance of ever stopping Jesus in his mission to build his church. We too must believe that Jesus is powerful and that he will defeat each and every attack that comes up against the church to try and stop it in its advance. Do you believe that this morning? I do. And the second point I want to make, is this just like when the roman empire conquered nations even though they lost their independence they had the benefit of an upgraded life it's the same when you and i choose to become a follower of christ a real follower of christ see when we choose to become a real follower of christ what we're actually doing is we're giving up our independence Amen. Can I have an amen? When we become a real follower of Christ, what we're saying is, yes, I give up my independence. I give up living my self-centered life. I give up doing what pleases me when I become a follower of Jesus Christ. But here's the thing. Even though I lose my independence, I gain the benefit of an upgraded life. Matthew six twenty four to 25 says this in the King, New King James Version. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up the cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So as Christians, when we make that decision and we say, Yes, Jesus, you are going to be Lord of my life. We give up our independence, don't we? We say, I'm not living my life for me anymore. It's not about me. I give that up. It's a basic principle of becoming a follower of Christ. No longer am I going to live my life the way I want to live it. I choose now to start living my life the way you want me to live it. See, When we do that, when we surrender our lives to Jesus, we gain an upgraded life. You ready for this? And I think we should get a few more amens. As I preach this, as I see this, as I say this, we get eternal life. when i was a kid growing up i'm thinking i don't ever want my life to end I, I i don't want to have to think that i'm going to be in the gram one day and that's it i don't want i, I want to live forever the benefit of becoming christian is, is that we get eternal life the benefit is we gain a new life in this life We gain the gift of the Holy Spirit so that we can live a godly life and do the work of Jesus. We gain a new heart. Who knows? We need a new heart. My heart was pretty rotten, it was pretty selfish, it was pretty self centered. It wanted to do things its own way. It didn't like people that thought differently to me or believed differently or or had different opinions to me. My heart needed to be changed, and I praise God every day that He continues to work on my heart because it needs work. Sometimes I feel like I'm having a heart attack when I come up against some of those difficult people, but thank God Jesus is there working on my heart. Anybody with me? We gain a new identity. Oh, come on. We gain a new identity. We gain a new. You're no longer that failure. You know, you're no longer that mistake. You're no longer that ugly person that the girls told you that you were. You're no longer that fat person, that skinny person. You're no longer what the world says about you. You gain a new identity. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. You're made in the image of God. God needed you together in your mother's womb. You gain a new identity. You gain God's provision and protection. Oh my goodness me, church, come on. I don't have to give you some of my happy juice. Last week, last week I do believe that some may have thought there was something in my drink when I preached. (laughs) I must admit last week I was on some pretty heavy drugs for my back. (laughs) And when Helen came home, she said to me, John, you can never preach like that again. It was a great word. It was great preaching. But there was definitely something going on. (laughs) I said something like, we need to go after the... What did I say? We We need to seek grog. And for an ex-alcoholic, <laughs> <laughs> we need to see Grog. No, we need to see God is what I meant to say. But I didn't even realize I said it. Anyway. <laughs> we gain forgiveness for all our sin. Oh, come on. We gain forgiveness for all our sin. It's got to be a big amen and a big shout. We gain forgiveness for all our sin. We gain new mercies every day. We gain the gift of peace. We gain the benefits of an upgraded life. Jesus declares that the gates of hell will fail, that Jesus uses the metaphor of gates to help us to understand what we're confronting when it comes to winning the war of building his church. Gates refers to the political and commercial nerve center of ancient Middle Eastern cities. In other words, in today's term, this is where parliament would sit. It's where the leaders would come together to govern the country, all the major and impacting decisions were made at the gates of the cities. The powerful and the influential people would gather together. Kings would excuse me. Kings would go to war from the gates. Jesus wants to make the point to us and for us to understand that no matter who he is or how much power he may have, or even the devil himself can ever stop him from building his church. As I said earlier, I've, this is a very different picture to what I hear in today's media. Like, like, like me, mostly you've heard people say the church is losing ground, is declining, is becoming re, less relevant. They're not taking Jesus at his word and that's what, not what Jesus says. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. You know, we as His Church, we are the invaders. We are the ones taking ground. We are hell. Hell's defense is powerless against the might of Jesus's Church that He's building. We are His soldiers. We are the ones on the move. We are the ones that are taking ground. We're the ones that are advancing, and I can see that I have not much time left, but I want to keep advancing. We're on the attack. We're taking enemy ground. We're advancing into the enemy's territory. The enemy ter- territory could be the workplace. It could be shops. It could be holidays. It could be home. It could be the neighbors, neighborhood. neighborhood sorry. We are there to win over the loss for Christ. We are the ones who take back what the enemy has stolen. We are the ones who take back what the enemy has stolen. We are advancing. We're on the march. We're not retreating. We're not saying it's all too difficult. It's all too hard. We're not the ones putting up the white flag. We're not the ones who are saying, yes, I'm going to surrender. We're going to say we will never surrender because we believe Jesus at his word. When he says, I will build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail amen can we have the video please can we get the lights off too this is a video that i watched the other day called the darkest hour and it's winston churchill and i pray that it works wow like you need to watch that movie you know it's it's interesting in the circumstances to note the circumstances that they are in when he made that speech at the time he made that speech basically europe was lost All of Europe had fallen. And Winston Churchill and Lord Chamberlain, who used to be Lord Chamberlain, I think, Neville Neville Chamberlain, he used to be the Prime Minister, uh, was sort of working alongside of Winston Churchill and Neville and Chamberlain and another guy were wanting to get in touch with Mussolini who was... was, uh, Lord Halifax were getting, wanting to get in touch with Mussolini to act as a go-between them and Hitler, and they were wanting to negotiate some sort of peace treaty. In other words, they were willing to give up. But Winston Churchill said, "I'll never surrender. We'll never surrender, and that's how we need. We will never surrender. We're not going to put the white flag up. We're not going to retreat. We're not. We're not after a peace treaty with the enemy." We're not going to consult with the devil and say, oh, okay, well, look, let's, let's negotiate. Let's do this and let's do that. No, we will never surrender. That was a turning point in the Second World War. It was one of the, it is and remains one of the most famous speeches ever written. Do you know, though, that he was a failure as well? That Gallipoli was, who knows, Gallipoli was a failure? Who knows that he was, he was responsible for Gallipoli? Yet he was used to turn the war around. So no matter your past, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done, don't ever think that God can ever not use you so you can get to that place where you can say, I will never surrender. I will never surrender. When Jesus declared that he will build his church, This is his plan, and that plan was to include you and me as his soldiers to help build it. He's looking for people who understand. This is this is critical. He is looking for people who understand who he is and the power he has. We need to understand that he is looking for soldiers to understand that he has the power, and he's looking for those. He's looking for soldiers who know who know who they are to him one peter four one since christ through innocence suffered in his flesh for you now you must also be prepared be a prepared soldier having the same mindset for whoever has died in his body is done with sin you know being a follower of christ will mean that you will face difficult times After all, we're in a war. The devil's out to kill, steal, and destroy. Sometimes it can be like we're surrounded in all directions. It's like we're being attacked from every angle, from behind, in front, from above, below, from left to right. But we need to understand and accept that this is part of the Christian life. We need to know that we're in a war and that we're soldiers for Christ and that we're all ready for the next battle. If I could have Renee up very quickly, please. Where's Renee? Yeah, just, that would be really good if, I I, I just want to indulge myself, is that okay? I can remember when I was a kid, I know it was a long, long time ago, but there was an old song that we used to sing, I think Auntie Jane may even know this one, she's up there ready to go, no? Uh, She's disappeared, Okay. And have we got the words for it, Mahalia? Yeah? So if you'd like to get up, Renee, and we're going to... Oh, I'd love for us just to sing this song through just very quickly together, okay? And I think quite a few of you will be familiar with it. it. Go. Let's stand and sing it together. Amen. Two Timothy three four, endure suffering as long as me as a good sol- endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, and they cannot please the offer officer who enlisted them. You know, sometimes I just think that we as Christians and that we as His soldiers, we get so tied up in civilian affairs. There's so many causes and so many things that are going on out there and sometimes it distracts us. Sometimes we get caught up in it. Can I encourage you? Get caught up in being a soldier for Christ. You know, some people might be here this morning, they might be thinking, you know, how can I be a soldier for Christ when I have a physical issue, when I'm in pain or I have some other issue? Can I tell you that most of the, of the soldiers that would fight in a war had some sort of injury that they were carrying? You know that I have a back problem, but I'm not going to let that stop me from being part of God's army to take ground, to take back what the enemy said. My purpose, your purpose, is to preach the good news. I'm not going to let my physical impairment stop me from the call that is on my life. I want to be an example to others. The fact that I have an injury is no reason to disqualify me from being a soldier for Christ, and it's the same for You, if we could have the worship team up, please. Jesus is looking for soldiers who want to be part of his army to help build his church. He's looking for people who will say... I will never surrender. He's looking for soldiers who understand who he is and the power he has to defeat not only man, but every scheme that hell could ever throw at him. He's looking for soldiers who know that their call is to invade territories, to take back what the enemy has stolen. He's looking for soldiers who are advancing, who are on the move, who are setting the captives free. He's looking for soldiers who will stand firm in the face of adversity, who will never surrender, even if it means they may lose their their own life. Will you join with me today? and declare that you want to be his soldier to help him build his church. Thank you for tuning in to Bowen Christian Family Centre's podcast channel. For any more information on our church, the preaching, or Jesus and Christianity, feel free to check out our church website, www.withsundayacc.com.au.